hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Down the Rabbit Hole. Um, this is the midweek episode, and you get me, Brandon, of course. Obviously, if you can't tell that already. Um, this is going to be an interesting one. Um, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fill in a couple, I think, on this, all ranging around the same idea. Um, just to kind of, you know, because I, I was looking at them, and it just didn't seem like one on its own could support an entire episode so i just kind of bunched them together um but like i said all on the same kind of idea the same premise um these were actually ones that were suggested by a listener um we got an email about them um and i've got a couple of these i've actually had emails from a few people so mainly what i'm going to focus on here is kind of an auditory episode which is kind of fun because we're an auditory medium so um it's going to be auditory we're going to talk about a few things here um evps white noise, and then, you know, just hearing voices um, and kind of go through them all. I think we're going to start with EVPs and then work our way kind of through like the white noise, all that, and then straight in, finish it with hearing voices and those kind of things. Um, we're going to have some fun with it. If you have any questions, let me know. Um, before we get started, just want to thank all the listeners for coming back every week you know, helping the, the, the podcast grow. Um, we don't do any advertising. We don't do any of that because we, we just don't want to. <laughs> um, we think it's amazing that our listeners keep getting their friends to listen and we just keep growing every week, um, which to us is, is a huge tribute to what we do. Um, thank you all. Once again, if you want to hear, uh, if there's something you want to hear or a comment that you have to make or you think we, we made a mistake, um, we'd love to hear it. Um, email us down the rh at protonmail.com or you can message me um, directly. Um, I'm on Instagram. It's Mr. underscore B underscore 666. Yeah, shoot me a message. Let me know what you want to hear. Let me know what you think of everything that we do. All right. So EVP, what is it? So EVP is electronic voice phenomena. Uh, like I said, more commonly known as EVP. It's a mysterious event in which human sounding voices from an unknown source can be heard on recorded data from audio tape, radio station noise, and other electronic media. EVPs have been captured on audio tape more than any other media, but the mysterious voices aren't present at the time of the recording. It's only when the tape is played back, sometimes with the application of amplification and noise filtering, that the voices can be heard. One fascinating aspect of EVP is that the voice sometimes responds directly to the people making the recording. For example, researchers ask a question to which the voice will answer a comment. Um, again, this response is not heard until later when the tape is played. EVP recordings will vary by gender, age, tone, emotion, and even language. Some are more easily heard and understood than others. Most EVPs consist of single words, phrases, or short sentences, although sometimes they're made up of grunts, groans, growling, or other vocal expressions. The quality of EVP also varies. Some are difficult to distinguish with meanings that are open to interpretation. Some EVP, however, are quite clear and easy to understand. EVP often has an electronic or mechanical character to it, although sometimes it can be very natural sounding. So this is one of those things with EVPs. Um, 
we've all seen it if you've watched any of the the ghost hunting shows or anything like that or any movies they always show this someone tapes something no one hears anything and then on replay they hear something sometimes it's very obvious it's a you know get out or something insane like that other times it's just a very weird very quiet noise um and people argue on whether they hear something and that's where the big you know interesting rub comes in on whether or not they're really hearing something or they're just making something out of it which we will get to in a little bit um how or we will make things out of sounds um and create them into something that we want them to be so that's one thing with the EVPs. Uh, like I said, you hear them all the time. I was going to play a few at the beginning um, and stuff like that, but it's rough. If you go, like I tried listening to a couple other episodes on different things or watching YouTube channels, there wasn't a whole lot of them that explained what an EVP is. They just went right into playing the EVPs. And then the hard part for me is I didn't know if I really wanted to play any because it's hard to tell any of them that are real and which ones are faked. And a lot of times I don't always hear it. I don't hear what other people are hearing sometimes. Might be because, you know, some of you know, some don't. I do have hearing issues in one of my ears. Um, I have otosclerosis in my right ear, uh, which makes it so that I'm basically um, mostly deaf in that ear. So sometimes, you know, I don't hear things that others do. And as we get older, our hearing changes and there's certain tones that we can't hear anymore. Um, that's why a lot of people think that babies can hear things that we don't. Because really, they probably can. Because your ears hear better, obviously, when we're younger. And as we get older in the wear and tear, we stop hearing certain tones. So, um, Now, the big question is... Um, where do these voices come from? Where do the voices on the EVPs come from? Um, and that is the big mystery. That's what nobody knows. Uh, but there's a lot of popular theories on it. So some people think they're the voices of the dead. So that's why many researchers go to cemeteries seeking EVPs, often with great success. Ish. They say it's a success. Like I said, it becomes very interesting because it's really EVPs come down to the interpretation of them. Um, so, and in this context, the phenomenon is sometimes called instrumental transcommunication or ITC. Um, we did this once. Uh, me, Big D, a few other people, um, we went with a group in Seattle, well, Tacoma, and did a uh, did one we we did an evp or not an evp we there was an evp session done when we were there we recorded some stuff we did a ghost hunt in an old brewery um right next to the the well what is mcminimins now um it was something else before i can't remember but we did it was fun it was interesting um there was two people involved in it that pretty much ruined it for the rest of us because they couldn't shut the fuck up um while we were, we were hunting um but other than that i mean it was fun it's something that actually me and big d have talked about that we'd want to do again so if there's anybody in the houston or san antonio area that has contacts 
we would definitely like to be involved in and true ghost hunt not like you know i've been on the 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 ghost tour in seattle and seen where supposedly there's a ghost crawling up a side of a building that people have seen and ooh, look at that look at this no i I mean i'm talking like a true ghost hunt like i want to go to some old house in the middle of the freaking bayou where supposedly 300 people were killed and listen for ghosts that's what i want to do a plantation, something that is supposedly hugely haunted, and do an actual ghost hunt. That, to me, would be fun. Not saying I believe or disbelieve, but I think it would be fun to go and experience it myself. Um, So yeah, so that's, that's one explanation of the EVPs. Another explanation is that they're from another dimension. So it's theorized that there may be many dimensions of existence, and somehow beings from other source dimensions are able to speak and communicate with ours via using, you know, EVP. Uh, Pertinent question is, how do they know English and other languages of our dimension? That would be a big question. How do they know it? Or maybe it's one of those things because of the... Because of... The fact that they've been able to get through the veil or, you know, from one dimension to another, maybe the language did develop the same way because they could hear us over time talking in that language. So they developed our language at the same time. There's a lot of questions that could answer that. So, or people from our dimension crossed over. Maybe that's, you know, that's what we talk about the Mandela effect. That, you know, we're from, every once in a while, you cross over from one dimension to another and you switch places. That's why people remember the Berenstain Bears, or Berenstain Bears instead of the Berenstain Bears. You know, or that the Monopoly guy had a a monocle, or that Nelson Mandela's dead. You know, and that's the whole thing. The multi-dimension thing is, I mean, Marvel loves that. It's the whole idea of the series, what if? What if something happened? What if this, someone made this decision instead of that? What if you decided to stay with your ex instead of leaving her or him or them or whatever, you know, what if instead of, you know, going on that date with your now, you know, better half, you didn't, you know, and that's kind of one of those things. That's what a lot of people think that maybe what the other dimensions are. Maybe that's why they speak it because it's not really a whole nother like dimension in the way we think it, but it's kind of like, you know, in the TV show Loki, if you watch that, where it's fragments. Every time I make a decision, there's a fragmentation and a whole nother dimension starts because somebody else, because in the other dimension, I made the other decision. Instead of going left, I went right. Who knows? You know, and that's kind of one of those things with the dimension. So there's a lot of things with the dimension theory that can go in there. And I mean, we someday maybe that's one of the things that we should go down is the whole multi-dimension theory that exists. A lot of people think it's just that, you know, in the comic books. But there's a lot of people that actually have theorized that what they talk about Marvel and DC and some of these other ones, the other multi-dimensions do exist. We've mentioned that how, you know, in, in... Hollywood and stuff like that, that they, you know, a lot of times in movies, we see what they already know is true. So maybe they already know that it's true that there's other dimensions. DC's done it. Marvel's done it. They've done it in different TV shows, all that kind of stuff where there's different dimensions based on different decisions. Um, yeah, very interesting. 
Another theory, they come from the researcher's own subconscious. It's been suggested somehow the researcher's thoughts are projected onto the tape. I hope my thoughts are never projected onto a tape because I'll be arrested. <laughs> um, another one, the voices are angelic or demonic in origin, which is very, I mean, it could be. Could be very much. I mean, if you believe in angels and demons and everything else, that could be very much that that's what it is. Um, that would be a very interesting thing. And some people think a lot of times when they're ghost hunting, sometimes you don't find ghosts, you find demons. Um, which is a whole nother argument um, on demons and bringing things home with you and stuff like that. That can be the, t- the tough part if you go ghost hunting is taking things home with you. Um, you don't want to do that. You want to make sure you do things correctly. That's why we had our whole, you know, episode that I did earlier. It's been a while since I did the episode on the Ouija board and the Zozo demon. So, which I always still think I think is weird because that's what I used to call my daughter. I called her Zozo, which apparently she's, it does make sense. She's kind of a demon. Um, another theory, it's a hoax. Very much could be. Skeptics asserts that there's nothing to EVP at all. That the voices are either faked, random noise interpreted as voices, real voices already on the tape, or voices picked up from radio, cell phone, or other sources. Um, sometimes what people think too is that what it could be is, um, especially older when we used to actually use tapes. Um, for you youngins, we used to actually use tapes. Um, and then what you would do because we were cheap, once you were done with the tape, you would just tape over what you'd already taped and there would be a a possibility that there was you know a lingering on that tape that when you taped over that something from the original taping stayed um and that's kind of what might be what those voices are um that we've heard that we hear when we're listening to to old tapes that is just something left over from the previous recording on that tape um, yeah, very much possibilities. Um, or like we said, it's faked or it's just voices that were there that somebody else in the vicinity said the voice, said the, said the sound, made the sound, said something. It caught something on your radio, on your, your phone, you were watching something. I mean, who knows? And that's kind of a lot of what people think too. It could be something random like that. All right. So we're going to go real quick in the origins of EVPs. So a quick history of that. So uh, Thomas Edison, who may not be common knowledge, in the 1920s, Thomas Edison tried to invent a device capable of communicating with the dead. At the time, Edison wrote, if our personality survives, then it is strictly logical or scientific to assume that it retains memory, intellect, other faculties, and knowledge that we acquire on this earth. Therefore, if we can evolve an instrument to so delicate as to be affected by our personality as it survives in the next life such an instrument when made available ought to record something so edison never succeeded with the invention obviously but it seems he did believe that it might be possible to capture disembodied voices with a recording device uh reverend drayton thomas in the early 1940s while investigating the abilities of gladys osborne leonard a well-known medium of her day Reverend Drayton Thomas claimed to have captured and disembodied voices on tape. He later identified one of the voices as his father. Attila von Sillet and Raymond Bayless 
According to various accounts, American photographer Attila von Szalays, S-Z-A-L-A-Y-S, Szalay, I guess, uh, began his attempts to capture spirit voices using a 78 RPM Pac Bell record cutter and player either in the late 30s or early 40s. While Zalay's early efforts were not very successful, he continued his experiments teaming up with psychologist Raymond Bayless in the early 50s using a device that Bayless had devised and constructed with much better results. So this isn't something new. This is something that's been going on since the 40s, um, 30s, 40s, you know, way back when, even, you know, in the 20s with Thomas Edison attempting to do this. Uh, Marcello Bacchi, near the close of the 40s, Marcello of Grosseto, Italy, claimed to be able to pick up voices of the deceased on a vacuum tube radio. Father Inetti and Father Gamelli, in 1952, two Catholic priests, Father Medi and Father Gamelli, inadvertently picked up EVP while recording Gregarian chants on a reel-to-reel tape recorder called a magnet- magnetophone. When the wire on the machine kept breaking, Father Gamelli looked to heavens and asked his dead father for help. To the shock of both men, his father's voice was later heard on the recording saying, Of course I shall help you. I am always with you. Further experiments confirmed the phenomenon. Frederick Jurgensen, in 1959, Swedish film producer Frederick Jurgensen was recording bird songs. On playback, he could discern his mother's voice saying in German, Frederick, you are being watched. Friedel, my little Friedel, can you hear me? His subsequent recording of hundreds of such voices would earn him the title, The Father of EVP. He wrote two books on the subject, Voices from the Universe and Radio Contact with the Dead. Um, Jurgensen's work came to the attention of a Latvian psychologist named Dr. Konstantin Radeviv in the 1960s. At first skeptical, Radeviv began his own experiments in 1967. He, took rec- he too recorded the voice of his deceased mother, saying, Kasulit, this is your mother. Kasulit was the boyhood name she always called him. He recorded thousands of EBP voices. Spiritual researchers George and Jeanette Meek joined forces with psychic William O'Neill and recorded hundreds of hours of EVP recordings using radio oscillators in the 70s and 80s. They were allegedly able to capture conversations with the spirit of Dr. George Jeffrey Mueller, a university professor and NASA scientist who passed away in 1967. So those are kind of some of the, the background and everything else about EVPs. Um, they still, to this day, are still researching them and trying to figure out what they are. Um, like I said, there's some that are obvious, like, wow, that's amazing. And other ones you're like, yeah, that's fake. Nah, it just seems fake. Um, it's hard to believe. It's definitely hard to believe. Um, I have been recording stuff for years, have yet to have an EVP, so... Let me know if you hear a voice on here that shouldn't be there, because I'm alone in this room. So, if there's anybody here, say something. I didn't hear anything. Let me know if you did. All right. So, that's really the EVPs, kind of how, you know, they are. Um, Like I said, there's many investigators that use EVPs um, a lot. So, um, it's definitely interesting. So... So, like I said, many of the uh, 
people who regularly record the voices say they're spirits, voice of dead men, women, and children who are trying to communicate from beyond the grave. Since spirits no longer have a body with vocal cords, they can't actually talk. Instead, the theory goes, they use their energy to electronically manipulate sound into a form that resembles the spoken voice. Because that's been the one big thing that a lot of people have wondered. Well, the way we talk is air passes over my vocal cords, my vocal cords vibrate, and sound comes out my mouth. That's really the way it works. It's a lot more complicated than that. That's a simplified version of it, but that's what happens. If I don't have a body, how does that work? It doesn't. So, like I said, voice of rarely heard during only during play during recording only during playback that they heard. Uh, maybe soft, maybe loud. Um, they may be in any language. And they can even be in a combinations of language called a polyglot. So, um, sometimes they answer questions, sometimes they don't. So, and researchers usually categorize recordings based on their audibility. Uh, class A voices are clearly very clear and easily understandable. Class B are fairly loud and clear and are sometimes audible without headphones. And then C voices very soft and often indecipherable. So, and that's kind of what we run into there with the, the EVPs. So that's basically EVPs. White noise is pretty much the same. I kind of went through that a little bit, um, read a bunch on that. Um, white noise is really just the same as EVPs. Um, people hear things in the white noise. Could it be basically it's just an electronic voice phenomenon just in the middle of white noise? Uh, yeah, that's really it with that. Uh, really what it comes down to is pareidolia is what a lot of people believe that is. Um, it's just pareidolia. So, um, which I'm going to go through real quick into that. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about pareidolia, and then we will also, like I said, go into a couple of the other things quickly before we end this. Um, so, aerophenia, audio pareidolia, and musical ear syndrome are all issues that we run into and a lot of things that people use to explain EVPs and white noise, um, that we're hearing things that aren't really there. Um, so musical ear syndrome is basically the same thing is a relatively common phenomenon where you, you hear non tinnitus phantom sounds and not of a psychiatric nature. Typically you would hear what sounds like music, singing, or voices. If you hear music or singing, it may be vague or clear. If you hear voices, typically they sound vague, like a TV playing in another room. For example, you might know it is a man announcing a game, but you can't understand any or really any of the words. So now here's where it gets really interesting. There are two categories of miracle ear syndrome. In the first category, there is no apparent external stimulus for the phantom sounds you are hearing truly phantom sound however in the secondary category the phantom music or singing is triggered by an unrelated external background sound whether the person is aware of this sound or not for example you begin hearing music when you're near a fan the fan is not producing music it's just producing a fan noise however your brain modifies this fan noise so you perceive it as music this happens because your brain is a pattern recognition machine in other words, your brain tries to find meaning in all the sensory input it receives. So, in this case, we're talking about audio input. 
but that also happens to the other senses as well. It happens with the eyes. We see things, we pick patterns and turn those patterns into things that we recognize when we're looking at them. Same thing happens when we hear things. When you were born, you did not know language. Yes, you heard varied sounds, but they were basically just a jumble of meaningless data when they arrived at your brain. At this point, because your brain is a pattern recognition machine, it goes to work and begins searching this mass of data for patterns of sounds. Whenever it sees a recurring pattern, it catalogs these sounds and slowly you begin to understand language. At first, it is very simple language, mama, dada. Then as your brain gets better at it, your brain extracts more and more patterns of speech, sounds, and you begin to understand more complex language. This is why one of the things a lot of people don't think about, why we understand we learn new languages better by immersion than we do by reading. Because by hearing them, we pick up the patterns. So pattern recognition continues all your life. Whenever you hear your sounds, your brain tries to make sense of them by trying to match them to patterns already stored in its database. Sometimes these sounds are meaningful, such as speech, and sometimes they're just random sounds without any intelligibility in them. But your brain doesn't know this, so it searches these random sounds looking for patterns. The fancy Greek word used to describe searching for patterns in random data is called apophenia. From two Greek words, apo, away from, and phenenin, to show. It basically means to see or hear something that is away from reality. Thus, apophenia is the experience of perceiving patterns in random and thus meaningless data, in our examples, random auditory data. So this brings us to the second Greek word, paradelia. Paradelia comes from Greek, two Greek words, para, wrong, and eat alone, image. Paradelia is the neurological phenomenon of receiving a pattern in a random noise where in reality there is no such pattern. In other words, pareidolia is a psychological phenomenon where you interpret a vague stimulus, in our example, fan noise, as something known to the observer, in this case, music. Thus, you perceive this as something significant when it is not really significant at all. It is not music, it is still just fan noise. Pareidolia is actually the audiovisual form of apophenia perceiving patterns within random data. Therefore, audio pareidolia is specifically looking for patterns within random sounds. Autumn pareidolia is hearing words, music that are not actually in the sounds you are hearing. Thus can occur by misinterpreting words that are being said or by hearing words in random noise. In audio pareidolia, your brain searches for a recognized pattern, finds the closest match, and then processes the incoming sensory information to enhance the apparent match. Incidentally, um, Mondegreen is a specific case of audio pareidolia. The core phenomenon is a subconscious searching for best pattern fit for ambiguous sensory input. Sure, random noise is maximally ambiguous, but that does not mean that garbled or difficult to make out lyrics can't also qualify. This has occurred more often than you might care to remember if you have hearing loss. And I get this one. This is one I get a lot because it becomes one of those things that, like I said, I have hearing loss in my right ear. If you, I don't hear something perfectly, my brain tries to 
put it together with the context of the rest of the sentence. So you might say something and I'm going to hear something a little bit different than what you actually said because I missed part of it and my brain's going to piece together with the the context evidence. And this is what happens with, you know, the audio pareidolia. People end up hearing things within the patterns that they're because there's nothing there. Very interesting, very weird um, phenomenon, but it happens. So, um, yeah. And like it says, when you don't understand audio pareidolia, you can jump to some weird and even bizarre conclusions. This is because you fail to understand the nature of the human mind. Your brain can be fooled and thus you can be fooled. And here's why. Your brain actively processes sensory input. It makes many assumptions and forces fits to recognized patterns. Your brain does not give a truly objective and accurate representation of the world. Rather, it gives you a human view, one that is full of pattern recognition, sometimes real, sometimes forced. As a result, sometimes certain constant external background sounds become the basis for received speech and music. Examples of these sounds include jet plane noise, road wind noise when riding in vehicles, fans and other motors, and running water. In addition, the incessant rattle of a train's wheels clickety clacking down the tracks may eventually also sound like rhythmic, illusory, repetitive phrases. Now let's look at a number of real examples of people who have experienced audio pareidolia. Some of the examples are from people with hearing loss and some are for, from people with normal or near normal hearing. So here's some stories of people that have had the hearing loss and have had audio pareidolia because of it. So Sandy explained, I've had musical ear syndrome since childhood. I can't remember not, not hearing ethereal music from time to time, most often in connection with forced hot air heating systems. So Anne wrote, I have a 30 to 35 decibel hearing, decibel hearing loss. Recently, I've started hearing things that aren't not there. I'll be in a room with a ceiling fan and air condition running, and I will hear a radio playing. Nancy noted, I have great hearing. I hear music whenever a fan is blowing in the house. Bruce explained, I hadn't heard my MES for about four months. However, it came back three nights ago. Coincidentally, for the past three nights, I've had the ceiling fan on for the first time in four months. I'm certain that the ambient and fan noise is the reason. I believe the noise the fan makes mimics the noises I hear when my MES is active. So, I generally hear news broadcasts dimly in the background with only a rare word or two discernible. And occasionally, I hear music. James wrote, I recently moved into an apartment with my wife. Our bedroom has an air conditioner, which is extremely loud at night. And because we, of where we live, we cannot do without it. Now I'm hearing the greatest hits of the 70s, 80s, and 90s coming from the air conditioner. When it's off, no music. I woke my wife up night after night asking if she heard this music. Of course, she didn't hear any music. Stephanie related, I sleep with a fan on. I need the white noise to mask my tinnitus so I can sleep at night. A few months ago, I started hearing what sounds like a woman humming a melody. If I turn off the fan, it stops. And see, I get that one. That's one of the things like I don't like dead noise. I don't like quiet because of the fact of my hearing loss in my right ear. I have tinnitus. So I constantly hear ringing um, in my ears. Um, it's The best way to explain it is if you put your he- ear up to a, a shell and that roaring sound you hear of the, you know, the, the ocean or whatever you're supposed to hear in the shell, that's what I hear in my right ear all the time. 
like constantly. So if it's dead silent, I can hear it. Um, and it drives me nuts. So that's why I usually have to sleep with, you know, noise. I need the TV on. I need the radio on. I need stuff like that. Um, the radio started because when I was a kid and my bedroom was right next to my parents and we had thin walls. So I needed the radio so I didn't hear other things. But as I got older, it became big came because of the the hearing loss in my right ear and the hearing loss in my right ear is actually it's a genetic thing both my my grandfather my dad both had it as well um for me though it's uh both of them is in both ears which is typical for otosclerosis for me it's only one ear which is of course i can't do anything normal so i only got it in one ear which is odd so um yeah so that's kind of one of those weird things where they that the the musical ear syndrome and uh, audio pareidolia, which is what a lot of people how they explain this. They explain it as auditory hallucinations or you know audio pareidolia. So which it could be, could be that it's a hallucination. So who knows? Um, so let's let's go a little bit more down the hearing um, and talk about hearing voices. And this is from uh, a website called Ask an Audiologist. So, so why do I keep hearing voices and background noises? So there are many different kinds of hearing issues out there with different causes, symptoms, and treatments. Some people can hear but have a hard time understanding the words spoken. Others need sounds to be louder in order to hear properly. Some have difficulty distinguishing voices from background noise. And then, of course, there's hidden hearing loss. Uh, this is because hearing loss involves not only the ears but the brain, too. While the ears are focusing on bringing in the sound, the brain is responsible for processing the sounds and making sense of them. And what a lot of people don't know is what that tinnitus is. You hear the tinnitus because it's your brain reacting to the lack of sound coming through your ears. Uh, people all function differently depending on the kind of hearing loss they're experiencing. So that's why it's important to go see an audiologist. If you start noticing anything with your hearing, go see an audiologist. If you have a job where there's loud noises, you should be getting your hearing checked annually. Um, I only say that because, like I said, as someone who has hearing loss, um, it's frustrating. Uh, it really is, especially when you do what I do. I do a lot of talking. I do comedy. I do, uh, you know, podcasts, stuff like that. And having an ear that I can barely hear out of makes things very difficult sometimes. And it gets very old asking people, what? Huh? Why you say? It's annoying. So, and it's annoying for me, not just them. So, um, so why do you hear background noise in my ears? So small but distinct difference between hearing and understanding, which is why background noise can really complicate things. If you're experiencing hearing loss, everyone hears background noise, but not everybody does well with hearing what they want to hear in comparison to what they don't want to hear. If you're having a hard time understanding what is being said to you in a noisy environment, there's a good chance you're experiencing mild to moderate hearing loss. The only way to know exactly why you're having trouble is to see an audiologist and take a hearing test. So, conductive hearing loss is when there are issues with the ear, ear canal, ear drum or the middle ear. It is caused by something that stops sound from getting past the outer or middle ear. Ear causes vary between which part of the ear is affected. So, so a narrowing of the ear canal, wax impaction, uh, 
ectosis, which is bone-like protrusions that can develop inside the inner ear canal and cause blockage, swimmers here, um, caused by foreign bodies, stuff like that. So that's the outer ear. If it's the inner ear, a breach in the eardrum caused by injury, ear infections are extreme and rapid air pressure changes, uh, ear infections, uh, buildup of fluid in the middle ear, all things that can cause problems. So, um, yeah. So our otosclerosis which affects the tiny middle ear bone. So otosclerosis, which is what I have, like I said, in my right ear, means that the, the inner, tiny inner middle ear bones basically are fused together. So um, if you're suffering from conductive hearing loss, you'll have problems with loudness, not clarity, which means raising the volume on the TV or asking a friend to speak up is a good temporary fix. Conductive hearing loss can usually be treated through medicine or by surgery, but if the hearing loss is severe or permanent, then treatment with hearing aids or bone-anchored implanted devices is best. As always, getting hearing tests from audiologists is the best way to determine your plan. So, sensorineural hearing loss, or SNHL, also known as nerve-related hearing loss, is caused by there being a problem in the way the inner ear or hearing nerve works. Damage either to the tiny hair cells in your inner ear or to the nerve pathways that lead from your inner ear to the brains are usually the reason for SNHL. Inner ear problems associated with SNHL can be caused by exposure to loud noise, aging, head trauma, virus diseases or tumors, autoimmune inner ear disease, or hereditary or malformation of the inner ear. So, um, high frequency hearing loss is when the ear is unable to hear higher p- uh, pitch sounds. The three most common causes are aging, noise exposure, and varying medical conditions. So, so those are some of them. There's mixed hearing loss, which is a few of them. Um, so all things that can happen. So tonight's ringing in the ears when you hear a sound that is not no external source most common sounds heard by these experience those experiencing tonight are ringing humming buzzing screeching or cricket like varies from person to person and could be sought constant or intermittent tonight is pretty common and affects about 15 to 25 percent of people and is most common in older adults so get tested if you have issues with your ears definitely get them get tested for it yeah so so audio auditory hallucinations. So this is that was what we were talking about just a second ago is based off the idea of actually like a medical issue. And there's auto auditory hallucinations, which can range from a simple sound to hearing music. So clearly it's hard to believe there's no band or radio nearby. Um, often what people hear is voices. Sometimes they're mean, critical voices, but others might be neutral or even pleasant. So causes of auditory hallucination, mental illness. Is one of the more common causes of auditory hallucinations, but there's other reasons. And what we're talking here too isn't just like for me, the way I process things in my brain is, um, and it sounds really weird. I can hear in my own head a conversation going on when I'm processing things like, like there's two people in my brain sometimes talking about the pros and cons and processing a decision that I can hear that dialogue, inner dialogue in my brain, like the wonder years. Um, that's how my brain processes things. Not everyone's is like that, but there's actually more people that are like that than you think. So, uh, some of the other things that can cause alcohol, um, and like I said, these auditory hallucinations aren't just that. There are people like full on, you know, hearing God, 
auditory hallucinations or somebody else talking to them. So alcohol, heavy drinking can cause you to see things and aren't that aren't there and hear things as well. Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's disease and other types of dementia. Uh, you're more likely to hear things in the later stage of Alzheimer's. Similar condition called Lewy body dementia can cause it too. But it's more common to see things and have visual hallucinations rather than hearing. For some people, the voices will seem so real they'll back they'll talk back to them. Um, like I always say, if you have an argument with yourself, it's not a problem unless you start losing. Brain tumors. Hearing things don't doesn't mean you have a brain tumor, but it could happen when a tumor is in the part of the brain that deals with hearing. You might hear anything from random sounds to actual voices. Some people with brain tumors have been known to have like full on like auditory and visual uh, hallucinations. Drugs, certain street drugs like ecstasy and LSD can make you see and hear things that aren't there. It can happen while you're using them or when you quit after using them for a long time. So yeah, some drugs you'll actually start having hallucinations when you quit as you're going through withdrawals. Um, epilepsy, when seizures from epilepsy affect the brain area that processes hearing, you might hear a buzzing sound of voices. In some cases, it warps how you hear things so they're not as loud or as clear. Um, I had a friend growing up who had epilepsy and she would hear a certain sound in her ears before she would have a seizure. It's very weird. Uh, hearing loss. People with hearing loss in one of both ears may hear anything from odd sounds to music and voices, none of which are there. Uh, high fevers and infections. Some infections like encephalitis and meningitis can make you hear things along with the other symptoms. Uh, the same is true for high fevers. Um, intense stress. Serious stress you might have after going through something traumatic can cause hallucinations and especially con- is it's especially common to hear the voice of a loved one after their recent death. Um, I know someone who went through this. They uh, had at work had a very traumatic situation happened um, where multiple people died and they started having hallucinations because of uh, the, the stress of dealing with it. Um, mental illness. Hearing voice is very common with schizophrenia. The voices may seem to come from inside your head or outside like from the TV and they could argue with you, tell you what to do or describe what's happening. It can sometimes happen with other mental illnesses as well, including bipolar disorder, borderline personality disorder, major depressive disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, and schizoaffective disorder. Wow, I have at least three of those. Actually, I don't. I'm just kidding. Well, I've been diagnosed with at least two of them at some point in my life. But who cares what the doctors say, right? Uh, migraines, I have those too. Often if you get migraines with auras, you see things, but some people hear things instead. Usually it's voices, and that may be more likely if you also have depression. A lot of people think this was uh, Joan of Arc, that she had migraines, and that she was having hallucinations because of the migraines. Or that she was a schizophrenic. Eh, who knows. Uh, Parkinson's disease, uh, side effects from medicines, sleep issues, not getting enough sleep, thyroid disease, and tinnitus. So all things that we, we've talked about. So things you have to look at. I mean, there's multiple causes that could be hearing voices. That could be what you're hearing the EVPs. Who knows? Um, yeah. So, yeah, very interesting. Another thing you run into is uh, the hearing voices movement. This is a whole, <laughs> wow, this is a new one to me. So, um, the Hearing Voices Movement is a name used by organizations and individuals advocating the hearing voices approach. An alternative way of understanding the experience of those people who hear voices. In the medical professional literature, voices are most often referred to as auditory verbal hallucinations. 
The movement uses the term hearing voices, which it feels is a more accurate and user-friendly term. So, the movement was instigated by Marius Room, Sandra Escher, and Patsy Haig. In 1987, it challenges the notion that to hear voices is necessarily a characteristic. It challenges the notion that to hear voices is necessarily a character of mental illness. Instead, it regards hearing voices as a meaningful and understandable, although unusual, human variation. It therefore rejects the stigma and pathologization of hearing voices and advocates human rights, social justice, and support for people who hear voices that is empowering and recovering-focused. The movement thus, thus challenges the medical model of mental, mental illness, specifically the validity of the schizophrenia construct. The International Hearing Voices Movement is a prominent mental health service user-survivor movement that promotes the needs and perspectives of experts by experience in the phenomenon of hearing voices. The main tenet of the Hearing Voices Movement is the notion that hearing voices is a meaningful human experience. Interesting, huh? So, the position of them, of the hearing voice movement, can be summarized as follows. Hearing voices is not in itself a sign of mental illness. Hearing voice is part of the diversity of being a human. It is a faculty that is common. 3-10% to 10 of the population will hear a voice of voices in their lifetime and significant. Hearing voices is experienced by many people who do not have symptoms that would lead to diagnosis of mental illness. Hearing voice is often related to problems in life history. If hearing voices causes distress, the person who hears the voices can learn strategies to cope with the experience. Coping is often achieved by confronting the past problems that lie behind the experience. If that's what you're saying is by coping with the, the, the problems that lie behind the experience, it sounds like mental health help. Just saying. Um, so theoretical overview. Uh, the work of Marius Rome, Sandra Escher, and other researchers provides a theoretical framework for the movement. They find that not everyone who hears voices becomes a patient. Over a third of 400 voice hearers in the Netherlands they studied had not had any contact with psychiatric services. These people either describe themselves as being able to cope with their voices and or describe the voices as life-enhancing. And this is the big change. This was the big thing with this, you know, hearing voices movement was most people immediately think that if I'm hearing voices, it's going to be like Amityville. There's a voice coming out of the TV telling me that my family is a bunch of like demons and I need to kill them. And ah, it's all horrible and bad and crazy. Um, the theoretical, you know, this human voices movement actually says that some of these voices aren't bad. That these voices actually help people. And that's why people don't talk about them or tell their doctor about them or anything like that. Because they're not bad. So they don't see reason to. Um, this was a study that they did too. There's a study involved in this too that isn't mentioned in this article. Where they did have, a, you know, in the Netherlands, did a study and asked people how many people had heard voices. And for a lot of them, there was a larger number than they ever thought. And a lot of them said they never said anything because they weren't bad. So, so that's a whole nother thought process that it's not a bad thing, that it's actually good. Um, and there's, it could be, uh, an, uh, 
evolution of the human. So that's the hearing voices movement. That's another one that I'm not going to go deep into, but it is something that we should, you know, someday if you want, go down, look into it. So um, then, of course, there's people that say that it's it's nonsense. Um, that it's just, you know, which, I mean, you believe what you want with, with the EVPs. It could very much be nonsense. It could be weird. Um, yeah. It is what it is. So that's the main stuff when it comes to hearing voices. Um, all of that. The white noise. White noise, like I said, is the same as like EVPs. It's a lot of stuff that, you know, could be voices could be just random noises that we're, we're turning into something so all right i think that's going to end it for me tonight thank you all for for listening uh let me know if you have any questions and i will talk to you soon